Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Well, hello, hello. Happy. Whew, what day is it? I, you know what? I was talking to my husband today, and I was like, you know what? I have completely lost track of the days of the week, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it is Tuesday. So I hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are right now. And there is positive news out of Springfield in regards to those, well, at least for those of us who believe that there should be some reasonable actions taken to stem the rising gun violence across the country. And today, Illinois becomes one of the uh, states, I believe we have the strongest legislation to contr- to have some sort of control over high-capacity magazines, uh, making sure that there are guns that are registered, the trafficking of illegal guns. And uh, it's very good news. Uh, Springfield, there's word that, that Pritzker will be signing this bill as soon Soon as possible, there was uh, there was a little bit of back and forth between the chambers. The uh, House representatives had passed a bill that was then sent to the Senate, and the Senate was uh, basically sort of uh, lightening it a little bit. In, in particular, when it came, at least the uh, one of the the uh, critiques that many. Uh, Many of those who supported the House's bill found that they should have continued to strengthen the the number of bullets that are in a magazine. So I believe in some of these assault rifles, and not to look at the the legislation, but uh, they are limiting it to 10 in a magazine for some of these uh, high-powered rifles. And uh, that is the news out of Springfield. Uh, there's some word that it's possible that the governor will sign it today. Uh, tomorrow is the inauguration of the, uh, the the House and the Senate. So they may be, uh, they may sign it before they can, they are inaugurated into their next uh, session. But they're also working on legislation in Springfield right now ahead of uh, convening for tomorrow uh, on reproductive and gender-affirming health protections. That has just passed out of the Senate just a few moments ago. So those are just a couple things that are going on in Springfield. Let me see if I can find more information on the gun legislation. I was just in a, a board meeting with a group that I work with called One Aim, and we continue to work towards raising the funds and awareness to make sure that we are electing people in our General Assembly that are uh, are going to work toward maintaining uh, a safer environment, especially for our children, but for everybody. And so that's uh, that's kind of the exciting news out of out of Springfield. So congratulations to those who've worked so hard on this. I know uh, Representative Bob Morgan has working on this. And uh, of course, our good friend, Senator Dan Katowski, who has uh, been a champion of gun legislation for a long time and will continue to do the hard work of making sure that we end gun violence. And that's that's the goal. You know, you can say, well, at least less. You know what? Go all in so that you get as much done as possible. Hey, Dave from Hoffman Estates. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Yeah, that that uh, story now with the uh, with President Biden, where they found these these documents or whatever at that that place, uh, supposedly locked in a closet. I don't know. This thing doesn't quite smell the past. You know, past them there. That's what I'm trying to get. Past the smell test. Right. The sniff I mean, test. Yeah. I mean, kind of convenient now. I mean, Trump's kind of out of a. <laughs> Out of any kind of stall time stuff now, and that this would be his new ace up his sleeve here, you know, so he can, you know, get out of jail free card and that. And 
I think I'd fingerprint these papers to see because uh, all those years, because he was a vice president then. And, right. Uh, and now suddenly they just turned up, you know. <laughs> right. And then, and then they're right away screeching impeachment. And wasn't it them that at one time they always kept calling him Dementia Joe? And now suddenly he's supposed to have a, a memory like Karnak the Great now that he should remember everything that he did. Right. As a, as a security, now he's a security threat and all these. And, and here's the thing. He turned it over as soon as they were aware of it. They didn't have to. They weren't stalling in courts and dragging their feet for months. They didn't have to have property raided. So, uh, you know, it's not. It's, look, it, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, something smells wrong. You're correct. Exactly. And uh, like they say, it's apples and oranges between these two and that. And, uh, but now, if you keep getting how uh, how long do you think the Republicans will let, if or when the Democrats, if they were to blow off subpoena, subpoenas or else uh, just start uh, reading the, the fifth, you know? Well, soon yeah. before they start getting the that's sergeant at arms to promptly arrest them, you know? That's what they should do. According yeah. to Republicans, subpoenas have held no weight. Paul Farvar joins hey, me in the studio, by the way. He's a lawyer. Maybe uh, he'll be able to weigh in. I put that water for you, by the way. That's fresh. It's not like it hasn't been left over for a while. One, yes, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, this one um, I just read from up north in uh, their site. This is going gonna to make your blood boil. There's a story. It just happened, I think, Monday, where his 25-year-old mother was accused of leaving her children alone while she went to a bar in Wisconsin. She's charged Monday with two felony counts of neglecting a child, resulting in no harm to a child under six with a disability, and one misdemeanor count of resisting or obstructing an officer. Claims said the officer found her nonverbal six-year-old son wandering alone in a parking ramp Mm -hmm. while the officer was searching for a driver who ran away during the traffic stop. Wow. Police said the boy was wearing a winter coat with fur, uh, fur hood and sleeping pants and rain boots. And he brought the, the boy in his, his squad car to keep him warm and stuff during that 20-degree temperature. Oh, my God. And then they looked in their file of nonverbal persons and found a picture of the boy and his address. And they went to the home, knocked, got no answer, but could see a child inside. Once they gained entry, they found the boy's four-year-old sister home alone. Aww. The mom tried to say she left them with a babysitter who was interviewed and told the officers that she never was contacted. Never was contacted. Right, that so she wasn't hired to, right, to watch the yeah. kids that night. Right. They tried to throw the babysitter under the bus, and she never contacted her. And then uh, they, they they brought these two children to their, their father, so apparently they were split up because... Uh, if you want, I can email you that uh, story. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, it's uh, it's horrifying and heartbreaking, and there is a you know I think that there are some parents, some uh, uh, some parents who have this just disassociation at some point where they don't think that they have responsibilities. They want to pretend like they they haven't they don't have you know these children. I can go on and on about some of the horrible oh, yeah. stories, the horrifying stories I know about throughout the country of parents not just abandoning 
abandoning their kids or not caring for them, but actually doing harm to them, killing them in some situations, dismembering them in some situations if they are uh, disabled or if they want, if the, if the parent feels like they, I mean, I think we've seen this uh, several times in our lifetimes, but uh, there was a mom in, in California who drowned her, drowned her four-year-old nonverbal child uh, because she just didn't feel like they were getting better. I mean, this happens quite a bit. And this is one of the reasons I got involved in state politics in Illinois was because I know what it's like to feel vulnerable and lose hope. Uh, and so I think that some people just have a, a psychotic break in some situations. Yeah, no, because I just thought about like how you and your husband are so good, you know, with what you're sacrificing and doing. And, you know, this way you were just more concerned about yourself catching a good buzz or maybe picking up a guy or something. And, uh, Boy, or she's burned out and she doesn't have any support and she had a psychotic. I mean, like, I'm exhausted. I'll tell you right now, I am freaking exhausted today. I mean, Declan has been sick for four days and uh, and I woke up on, he was vomiting. I sleep next to him and he threw up all over, you know, and I, yeah, my friend Paul's in the studio. He's like, I don't know if I want to hear this. That's the easy stuff. Like, um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, every time someone says someone's evil or they didn't care or anything like that, we don't know what led to that day is all I can can say. I'll send you the, the thing on uh, email. You can, okay. I, I thought fine. about you two, how it was so opposite of this, you know, where, where this woman, it seemed like she was more for herself or whatever, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It, I presume it, nothing. It was, <laughs> presume and assume nothing. One, yep. You leave a you leave a four year old at home. I know. Alone, I, I know. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not negating that part. It's horrifying. Like I said, it's a yeah. tragedy. And why someone okay, does I didn't that. Wanna, I didn't want to start it off on such a bad note. <laughs> I just thought, you know, we've got Paul here. He'll 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 uh... yeah, I I, uh, I know a lot about that, too. I had to uh, I had to take care of my niece and nephew for three or four days and they're uh, 14 and 17. I didn't know what to do. So I just bought like a bag of pretzels. I figured that would do it. Oh, dear. <laughs> but their their flight got canceled because of the Southwest stuff. So I ended up not having parenting duties for three days. So. This is why Paul isn't going to have kids. So no kids. Like, he doesn't have to worry about whether or not he goes out to a bar. And yeah. I remember like. Like when the motorcycle and I, we, the little angels used to do these runs on that and went there one time. And God loved these people that work there. They're just, they are angels, the people that are helping them, them at that little angels out there in Elgin. I mean, I don't know, they, they may have a different name for it now, but that's what it was called back then. So, yep. Anyway, thanks, thanks for asking. Let's right. get to the others. Right. Talk to you guys. Appreciate it by Dave. Uh, comedian Paul Farvar joins yes. us in the studio. Hey, Paul. How are you doing Hi, today? Patty. Good to see you again. Great to see you, too. How have yeah. you been? Um, just happy to be back in Chicago. I've been gone for a while, so are happy you, to be here. in Florida again? No. Everyone keeps asking me that. No, I haven't been to Florida. Have, I won't be there for a while. Well, you do um, quite a bit because your family here. I go there a lot to uh, take care of my father, uh, who's uh, elderly. And uh, But this week I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. How did that go? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. It was fun. The shows are fun. I yeah. mean, it's it's just a different world out there. Um, and then uh, then I go to Sagatok, Michigan. Then L.A. Oh, good. And Denver. So nice. I get to go to warm places. Where are you performing in Denver? Are you comedy works? Uh, Denver Comedy Lounge. It's a uh, uh, Ben Kronberg owns it. The nice. old comedian. Okay. And uh, and uh, that's it. And then L.A. I'm just at uh, the comedy st- comedy store for the first time. Nice. Exciting. Congratulations. But, thank you. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. We used to go there. Remember, we used to go to, used LA to go to L.A. in the LA old days. Yeah. 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 I got no. I don't. No regrets. I'm not going back lately. If I when I finish my book, I think you know, yeah. I get a literary agent to work on that. But absolutely. 
I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have the hunger for, you know, duking it out. This is the first time I'm going back to LA. And back then before COVID, I used to go three times or four times a year. This is my first time since right before COVID. So I've been there in three years now. Yeah, we used to go hiking and everything, but yeah, it's uh, flooding right now. You know that, right? That's what I saw. I was hoping to see if that's going to be done by Sunday. Julia Sweeney uh, of Saturday Night Live fame Mm -hmm. was, uh, had photos of her husband and a neighbor trying to clear the grates in because I mean they're not they don't have the infrastructure for mm-hmm. heavy rains when it rains everything shuts down right. in general so their car was floating because they live in a hilly area oh, wow. yeah so we're hanging out with Paul Farvar he's uh we'll talk more about what uh, he's up to when we come back we'll take a quick okay. break here and line you up for the camera because they're telling me they're doing something like this in the room and I don't know what that means let's see I don't know right there he, they said yeah I got a big thumbs up for you to sit right there okay excellent all right but we'll still take a break anyway even though I got that squared away I still need to go right back after this I'm driving it home with me Patty Vasquez thanks to our sponsors Monaco Brewing go to our Patty Vasquez show page where we have pinned right there at the top of the page the information for where you can pick up progressive brew anywhere in the Chicagoland area want to thank our friends at Kids Above All for their support go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support children and help them reach their potential we want to thank Warren Price from European US Car Service go to europeanus.com and tell them that Warren sent you Whenever, whatever you need for your car. If he can't do it, I'll find someone who will. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. This is the week that Steve Bannon perp walked. Do you have a round of applause? Uh, I do. I do. I'll call them up. It'll take. That's not it. No, that's the sound of people seeing the spot on his forehead when he walks into the chair. That's not it either. That's the wrong one. Uh, that's the owning the libs meeting <laughs> call. He looked great. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He was wearing makeup. Hal Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You are listening to Driving It Home. We're here till 7 o'clock and joining me in studio is comedian and re- and recovering attorney, Paul Farvar. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to respond recovering, to that. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Would, do you, are, there, are there ever legal cases though that you see? Like, does your brain still? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I still, I still miss the law sometimes. Right now, I'm dealing with GoDaddy because uh, they renewed my website for my law firm, which is no, non-existent for five years. I'm like, why would I do that? They're like, you did it. I'm like, I would never do that. You didn't sign it for a five-year. No, so we're working renewal. on them. Yeah, I think they it's. Should, they should go ahead and back down on that. Yeah, just, they, they did, it. and then they backed they backed up again okay. or backed in. I don't know how that works, but yeah, my brain works still, and I still uh, try to I know try your brain to stay. Works, but I mean, like, do you see legal legally stories? works? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, I definitely chime in on stuff um, based on what I know or when I hear people. Uh, especially on on social media, say stuff. I'm like, oh, that's not accurate, and that gets me yeah. in trouble. 
Good. So. Good to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. good kind of trouble. Did you see this story today about uh, Joe Biden having some papers? I did. And, and they so turned him bad. over as soon as it's sort of it's, it's, it's like, not the same as the other issue. And I know they're trying to say it's equivalency test, but it's not the same. Uh, it was less than 12 documents from what I understand. And uh, he voluntarily re- returned them. Right. Did they who discovered it? I don't, I don't know the whole story yet because I've been following. It was in a locked closet is all I know. OK, but I think it's great. I think that, look. If uh, if they do, they assigned uh, the the federal attorney that's going to handle this from Illinois, and he's a pretty straightforward guy. And uh, I think that the the no matter what happens, people are going to say it's it's uh, corrupt, but they're going to investigate it, and then it's going to turn out that it was a it's it was a not intentional, right? And so people will say, oh, it's it's you know. It's it's somehow a, a witch hunt against Trump. Well, do you, right? Do you? But so it's, it's not the same thing, though. Based on the basic facts that I know, it's less than six document, less than twelve documents that were in a closet that were found and voluntarily produced. They found it themselves. They found it themselves. The, so, oh, hey, by the way, we seem to have correct. Had, yes. And then the other situation is where they learned that it was missing. With Donald Trump, they asked for it back. It was not returned. Right. They tried to work out a solution. It did not happen. They returned some things and then not others. So that's actually two different levels of things. When you do something and you do it improperly, or you if you if you respond to a subpoena and it's not complete or accurate, it's almost worse than not responding at all, right? Because now you've put yourself in a position where you signed off and said, here's everything. Now you've lied again. Again. So it's two levels. So yeah. there's a big difference. But ultimately, uh, people are going to say wh- whatever is found, no one's going to be happy. Do you remember uh, when all of this, like <laughs> the level of mania, like when we were kids, right? Like even like in our 20s, the crazy stories were like on the front of the Inquirer, right? You'd uh-huh. see like, you know, alien uh, right. abducts. UFOs. Farmer and, like and, and now the guy is pregnant, Bigfoot. like Bigfoot, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, like it was just sort of you know cheesy, yeah. yeah. Just like it was you'd, fun. You stand in line at the grocery store and you're like, oh, that's interesting, or like you know different photos of celebrities and maybe it was you know the Royals or Hollywood and things like that. And then and like now, like there's just no everything is up for madness, and I it's exhausting. They've taken over. Yeah, I think that it's it's uh, we've been bombarded with social media and media. And I think that people can't decipher what's real and what's not real. And I think that's intentional. I think some yes. of it is intentional and it works. I, You know, look, I I talked to a very educated friend of mine recently who uh, I was asking, oh, what do you think of the the capital? The new thing, whatever it was that came out. And they go, I don't watch that anymore. Um isn't that all Antifa that was there? I was like, wait, wait what? Educated person yeah. who just turned off the TV a year ago and certain outlets aren't covering it. So they're not up to date on what's happening. And the last thing they remember when they turned off the TV was that Antifa was, was it responsible for the Capitol. I saw a, an interview. There's this guy that goes around and, and to all the, the Trump rallies to people who are just like just drenched in Trump. You know, Anger, yeah. And, well, but also like tr- like Trump shirts and hats. And, and he was asking this couple, and he was like, what did you think about January 6th? He said it was all Antifa. And the guy was like, oh, you think it was all Antifa that was there? And so why, Wearing what, Trump clothes, yeah. And why were they there? And he was like, well, do you know, to disrupt 
stop things. And he's like, but they, you know, the, the people that were there were trying to stop the certification of the election. Don't you think they would want Biden to be certified? Why would they Antifa, want to try? Yeah. yeah. And they were like, well, I don't, and they didn't have an answer the, for it. There's no, yeah, yeah the, the mental, lo- the pretzels that you have to go through to kind of make that jump is insan- insanity. Yeah. But the thing is, when you are bombarded with information that's false or disinformation, or you're just so frustrated and tired of everything, you turn off and you only remember certain things. And so my friend who was educated, not a, you know, a Trumpy at all whatsoever, but just assumed that it was nonsense because they did not want to keep track. They got tired of it. And that was what the plan was. I, I think Fox yeah. News did stop covering it because they wanted people to think, ah, this is not a non-issue. Even though, in my opinion, it's a pretty big deal. I don't know how you could see over 2,000 people storming the Capitol, destroying the property, mm-hmm. trying to bust through barricades. Yeah. And still thinking this woman, Ashley Babbitt, is a hero. I don't. Her I don't, mom got arrested yeah. uh, at the at the Capitol. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, under, and, and to use like the Black Lives Matter moment, uh, protests around the country, you know, seeing, yes, were, were the people that took advantage of that situation? 100%. Absolutely. And, um, and by the way, there were proud boys. There's, there were, there were uh, white supremacists who were prosecuted and found guilty of like, I don't know if you saw this in uh, Minnesota. I remember early on, there was a guy that was smashing windows, trying to accelerate. He was a proud boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so to conflate those two things, like, well, you know, the city's burned after uh, Black Lives Matter. This is just one day. It's like this was our institution. This is it's a little different, right? Those are and and and, and look, those are bad too. I think that sure. if they have evidence of anyone uh, destroying private property, a lot of people are like, well, good. It was private property insurance covers it. No, those those people should Suffer. be yeah. should be uh, penalized. But when you're desecrating the capital, that's a, that's another level of of insanity to disrupt our our peaceful transfer of power. Right. That's another level of insanity. And so, you know what, when people are frustrated with uh, media, both sides, I always say, just go read the transcripts, go read the court hearings uh, and go see what the judge said. You don't have to be clickbait on MSNBC or Fox News. You could just go read the actual uh, verdict for the people that were the 200 some people that were uh, convicted um, after the Capitol and see why they were there. And all of them were there because they were they were angry that the Trump lost the Trump lost and believed that, all of them. That, yeah, all of them. There's all. not one. And there were <laughs> Antifa was there, but uh, they weren't the ones that were prosecuted right. or arrested for that matter, because. Whoever was anti, well, well, that's a whole nother level of right. stuff. But. Well, and here, this this uprising in uh, in in, in uh, Brazil, right? They were Copycat. arrested on, but they were arrested on the spot. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to go home and be like, "Oh, well, we'll catch you later." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like yeah, that was a whole nother level of insanity too. Well, they were out, the the Capitol police were outmanned uh, that day clearly, and there were people within the Capitol uh, police that were assisting people too. I think I believe that were sympathetic with some of them. By the way, clearly you have to stay over there by the way today because I have a cold. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell. Yeah, it's really bad. I keep turning my mic off and just coughing. I've had COVID multiple times. So I don't I'm, have COVID. I'm, I've, I've tested and tested. I'm not scared tested. of anything. No, I've, uh, I keep testing. Uh, we just ha- There's also really bad uh, uh, really bad uh, upper respiratory infections going on. Sure. And 
Griffin was home from school. This is all my fault, is what I'm saying. And a friend of ours, a friend of mine, uh, told me that her daughter had a cough and had never tested positive. And I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't go over there. But then her big brother, who is friends with Griffin, was like, oh, Griffin should come over. And I was like, I really wanted them to hang out with each mm-hmm. other because they don't get to see each sure. other often. So I indulged. And here we are. Declan got it. Griffin got it first, then Declan. I mean, De- and Declan doesn't know to clear his throat or to like blow. He can't yeah. blow his nose. So, uh, and I sleep next to him. So I have been really, really, <laughs> been really <laughs> miserable for a few days. By the way, our good friend Scott Stantis just tested positive for the second time. COVID. For COVID. Okay. Yes, I haven't seen him since uh, Dece- early December. But how many? I times- remember my second time. How- <laughs> how many- I had it three times. Three times. Yeah. Oh man, we've been doing a lot of traveling. Uh, yeah, but I mean the t- the times that I got them were just it well, had nothing to do with shows. Was it, it wasn't uh, wasn't one from the Laugh Factory holiday party. That's where people a lot of people think that was a super spreader. But I think uh, I think I got it before that because the people that I I wasn't there. I was only at the party briefly. And I was I had a mask on and I laughed pretty quickly, but okay. a lot of people did get it that day. Um, before I go to the break, I'm gonna do up to I'm gonna up uh, update everybody on traffic. Lady B, uh, can you give me a thumbs up? Are these folks calling in saying they are Republicans or they want to talk about Republicans? Okay, because <laughs> Paul and I will take those calls. I'm just not here for a debate. I'm not I'm not giving over my platform for crazy. Because whenever I conf- confront somebody with facts or something that that challenges what they think, they just change the subject and it's like we're not. Well, sometimes I mean there are reasonable people still um I, you know look at the the lincoln project i think is doing good work um i, I it is a hard thing to come to terms with the fact that someone like joe walsh <laughs> I, I, i'm like watching him i was like watching him on msnbc i'm like what is happening this guy wanted it's to put, insane yeah. do you remember he wanted to put crocodiles in the rivers yeah. uh, with the border of the united states so mexicans would get eaten when he's when the ch- voice of reason for what? the republican party it's a little crazy i can't it's crazy. By the way, before I go to this break, I had a dream last night that I said a really naughty word on the air, even though I've never said it, even though I was fired for someone else saying mm-hmm. a naughty word. I said a worse word in my dream. And I, I don't know who I was. I must now have you're going to do it by accident. No, I'm scared. I'll say it. It was, uh, but it was talking about uh, uh, Marjorie Trader Greene, oh. I think, or maybe Lauren Bobo. I don't it was, it was that word. I used the bad word in my dream. All right, mm. let's take a break here, and, and I have to get it out of my head. <laughs> More after this on Driving at Home. Me, Patty Vasquez, joined in studio by my good friend, comedian, and recovering attorney, Paul Farvar. We'll find out when he has some shows in the Chicagoland area coming up after this. There's new information. Explosive new information. It's how every day starts. The need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning starting at 6 on WCPT 820. The Rick Smith Show, live. Weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. Look at what's happening. The Rick Smith Show on WCPT 820. Everyone is talking about it. Chicago's progressive talk. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. We are in the studio with comedian and recovering attorney 
Paul Farvar joins me. He's uh, been traveling. Said uh, he was in Tulsa. Which Tulsa. Tulsa is one of those states that's also. I mean, Oklahoma is a state. Tulsa is a state. I'm sorry, you were, but Oklahoma is one of those states where they've really gone off the rails too. I mean, what, in your between Florida and Oklahoma, where all, I know you've been going to Arizona, Arizona, um, Michigan, Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, everywhere has there. Everywhere has its pockets. I, I did a show in Tulsa. Actually, the crowds were pretty um, reasonable and. Uh, in comparing to like other state, like they have a very pro- progressive crew there. There's an area that's like very cool and, and a lot of hipsters and stuff like that. This woman came up to me after the show. I don't do any political stuff, by the way. And she just took me aside. And she goes, just so you know, I hate Trump, too. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say anything well, about him. Isn't it funny? It's kind like, of funny they assumed people, yeah, I from, say, from Chicago. Too. Well, I think that for some of us, they glean things from us. You know, like I don't do any, believe it or not, I do zero. You know this. I do zero political humor. My, I think that some of our humor is based in. Sure. Like I do a lot of f- mom forward, women's health forward uh, things that. You know, when people it comes know where you stand based on how you talk about COVID and things like that too. Yeah, yeah. Or they I, assume. I never, but, I never talk about COVID on stage, I, but my mom is an immigrant. You know, I talk about you know yeah, being Latina. I talk about being um, uh, yeah, right, immigrant children. Immigrant children. Yeah. yeah, and so they. I think the people assume. Yes, no, yeah. yeah. You, have you ever been yelled at? Like we, you know. Yeah, I had a. I had a. <laughs> in Florida, I had a situation where the the show turned into a DeSantis rally, even though I didn't talk about <laughs> politics. What I said was, it was, and, and I have it on video. I'm going to make it into a clip, I promise. But what happened was I, I was in a small town in Florida and I said, well, who's like your celebrities from here? Who are like the celebrities that are from this town? And then the lady goes, DeSantis, and he's not a celebrity. And then she like started fighting oh, with me. Oh, no. So he's going to be our next president. I'm like, that's fine, but he's not going to, he's not a celebrity. I'm talking about like famous people. She's like, well, he, and then, then people started chanting, let's go, Brandon. And then oh, it, it no. turned into a little thing. Um, but then I, I mean, it was, fu- it turned, it was funny. Cause then I was like, okay, let's, let's talk about, let's just start a fight now. And then someone made fun of DeSantis. That was a Trump supporter. And then I was just like, let's just, let's just start thinking of other wedge issues. We could divide the room right oh, now. Funny. Well, because you're not, you, you don't lean into confrontation in the sense that like you are going to combat, be combative. No, with, so you're, I did in that situation, but yeah, you're, well, no, but you, you were feeding the fire for your own amusement. Right. I mean, you had like this- I, I, it was it was off the rails, it, it, and it was literally within five minutes of being on stage. It was like the first thing I said was like, what, "Who's the celebrity from this town?" Like just to be, talk What's, about what town was it. It was a uh, oh, man. I don't want to say the city. Palm Harbor, uh, okay. Florida. It's a great city. So is he from there? He isn't from there. There, there well, was, was a, their problem. I don't know. That She's was trying stu- to well, say that, that was stupid. Yeah. yeah, that's the famous. Because I always, what I do when I go to a small town is I Google the town and I see what they're known for or who sure. the celebrity is, uh-huh. and then I always say, "Do you guys know who your celebrity is?" And in that situation, there was like an offensive lineman who played in the NFL for six months, and there was like one other. Uh, another like someone else and then it turned into a fight where they were like no it's this guy and then another person was arguing and saying a name of a weatherman a weatherman from TV I'm like I don't think you guys understand what what I'm asking you So it was a fun little excursion but uh, yeah I'll probably make it into a clip I've got to figure out how to do it without being mean right without and what you always have the sort of like just you have a lot of them you're amused by chaos is my take on your yeah it was fun i had fun yeah you like chaos 
I mean, not when I'm trying to do stand up, but yeah. I, well, yeah. But at some point, you know, it's out of control and you're like, okay. Listen. Yeah, I leaned into it and I created yeah. more. And then I started saying, let's talk about gays in the military. And oh, then no. I, just, I just started thinking of other wedge issues from the How'd 90s. To, it was fun. They were laughing. Yeah. It was fine. Oh, that's really fun. And then they realized that it was stupid to talk politics at a show where they paid. $20 to see a comedian from Chicago. That's what I never understand. I mean, especially when it's an individual that is ruining the show. I, I, where was I? I think I was, I think it was actually at Tata's Kitchen and Social. What people don't realize is there are often people closer to the stage that are being disruptive in ways that nobody else in the they room really hear, is. Yeah. So we, we have to walk that fine line of being able to get our rhythm back because that can be disruptive without looking crazy to the rest of the room. Right. What I do sometimes is I just stop talking and look that piece that person that's what i do yeah i think you taught me that i think that's the best thing to do is just wait and then when they realize i just stare i'm like oh or if they're ordering really loud if they're ordering a drink i'm like i just want to see what you ordered and then they (laughs) then they shut up and then you're then you have peace again but sometimes it doesn't work and then i know i know i I, i'm sorry if if i have led you astray and that no no no. i I think it's a good i think it's that's my go-to i always i don't want to i sometimes look they they sometimes they don't know how to act at comedy shows and and I feel like we're also as comedians are are guilty of not teaching them because we're putting posts on social media of us doing crowd work yes. of us handling hecklers yeah. so they think that's the norm yep. I think that's how I feel yeah. and so I give them an opp- I always give everyone the benefit of the doubt unless they're just complete Jerks. Yeah, then it's like then you're then all then I'm going to be mean. Well, not just people on TikTok. I, I watch Patton. I like Patton Oswalt. I think he's very funny. I was really surprised in his last special that he spends like the last twenty minutes just doing crowd work. That's what that's what people what? want, Patty. No, no. I, I so I'm going back to doing one woman shows. By the way, that's that's going to be my. You should. Yeah, I'm going to do theater because I can't do this. There's it's a exhausting. comedian that uh, I've worked with, Renan Hirschbrook, who's very very funny, and he posted something. Thing a couple months ago, where he said, "You guys all remember that funny crowd work joke, that, or that joke that, Don, that George Carlin did with the crowd work with yeah. the man and the woman?" Yeah, and then everyone no. just exactly it's just like it's so timeless, and it just kind of like puts everything in perspective, right? Never. But that's what we're all Prior doing. Prior didn't not not no Newhart, Ellen. I mean, like nobody. That's it's not the school I came from. It's a different world out there, kid. And, and it's funny because Pat McGann, who's a great comic, and I would say one of the best when it comes to, to crowd work. And like when I was an MC, I would do some of the birthday thing and, you know, like, you know, and open it up. It was just never. It's not why I got into comedy. Mm-hmm. I got into comedy because of Carlin. See, yeah. that's, so, so that's funny. I came from the other way and, and this is going full circle, full circle because Pat McGann, I went and auditioned at Zany's and he was the MC there and I saw him doing crowd work and I was like, I want, that's what I want to do. I want to be a host. I don't want to have to write material. And oh, I started comedy. Yeah. That's, that was the goal. And so all the clubs started using me as hosts and I was like, okay, wait, no, I have something to say now. You're really good. I mean, you and I did a fundraiser and I, I don't like doing the part where we're trying to get people to a bid. Oh, yeah. You were, it was fun. you were fantastic. Thank you. And I felt bad because like I was the headliner and I'm like, but I do the material. <laughs> I, I did the, I did the, we were doing an uh, auction. Yeah, opening like, their wallets. And I, I'm yeah. good at that. We did that for the mm. Parkinson's Foundation I did too recently too where I just really guilted people into it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, you're it's super the, good. It's the lawyer, you know, you're just, know. you're being, you're being persuasive but um yeah then i came full circle and i wanted to do i want i wanted to write and now all the clips that go viral to promote you are these 
heckler videos or crowd work videos, and then people come to the show and they think that's what you're supposed to do. No, 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 no. no. I know, but we're all I, guilty of it. I, I, a lot of comedians are. I don't know what you're posting on social media. But I'm not. I'm not posting comedy clips. That's true. I, I have a set from Zany's Rosemont that I'm gonna edit down, and, and Jerry really wants because he wants to sell some of. He wants to be able to get me gigs. Um, yeah, I, I will. I will, I'll work on it, Jerry. By the way, I have to. I <laughs> promised him I would do it during that snowstorm, and then the snowstorm didn't happen, so I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, my, mine will all be. I don't. Material. I, I don't think well, I have then, any video of myself working a crowd. I mean, I've done it, I, and mostly it's because someone's disruptive. And what I do is, it's, it's a couple things. Like one, I, I get quiet and let those people get loud. Uh, I'll stop and I'll say, "I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you." Yeah. Um, I've walked into the middle of the room, you know, and been like, "Hey, just want to see how you guys are doing over I've here." I've seen you do that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just have different, and it's not necessarily TikTok worthy. Friendly. Yeah. But I mean, it's not, I'm not like trying to like, I don't like to tear somebody down. Uh, one, one time they, this audience was really disruptive and it just so happened that Griffin was really needy that day. And I was like, sweetie, I, I got to get this material done. I'm trying new material. We're being filmed tonight. And, uh, and so at the, that night I was getting heckled. Everybody, every comic on stage was getting heckled and I was the closing act and I went up there and they were doing, I go, and I walked into the audience and go, look. I didn't let my son not interrupt today. me. I said I didn't let my son interrupt me when I was writing this. I'm certainly not going to let you interrupt me when I'm performing it. Yeah. So I mean, but it's like that. Like I'm not going to do like the lure. I've done the you know the big boom of uh, of really embarrassing somebody like you know leading everyone onto the carpet and then the surprise like diss mm-hmm. you know. But it's just, it's not what I got into comedy for. I got into comedy to be like Carlin and Margaret Cho, sure. and Richard Pryor, and you know those folks. Uh, let's take a break here. We got a couple calls to, to take with uh, Jim and John when I come back. And then coming up at 6 o'clock, we're going to talk to Jessica Piper. Uh, she's a, uh, a champion of public schools. She ran for the state house in uh, Missouri. And, uh, you know, I often think about what it would be like to be a progressive in a red state. So we're going to talk to her about that and the work that she does. And she's got a new podcast out. So we'll talk about that as well. We're in studio with comedian Paul Farvar, recovering attorney. And uh, maybe at 630, if, uh, I don't know, we're not, we're never doing, we're never doing what's Paul eating again. I don't mm-hmm. think. Steve said that he thinks it's, it's funny to listen to how uncomfortable it makes me. Oh, that's, that's why it's done. <laughs> we'll have to figure something out with a, a regular show. I didn't bring food in. Good, good. good. What's, what's Paul drinking? This, this <laughs> More in a moment on WCPT 820. We're driving it home till 7. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. And we are hanging out with comedian Paul Farvar, recovering attorney. We've got uh, Jim has been on hold for a little bit. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? <laughs> my two favorite comedians. Tonight. This is the warmest January we've had in Chicago in many, many moons, that's all I like to say. You guys are talking about Oklahoma. I can think of Will Rogers, uh, who died in a plane crash. Just pray with me for that. Sure. They asked him one day about his politics. He goes, because I don't belong to an organized party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> anyway, he, di- he, died in a, he died in a plane crash. And I was thinking of Clark Gable from Oklahoma. And his darling wife, Carol Lombard, died in a plane crash. Anyway, I don't know why I wanted to think of that, but I just to be able to hope. But anyway, I was thinking about the upcoming primary with the Republicans. This should be a real riot because they're definitely afraid of Trump. The guys who were on the stage the last time are definitely afraid of him. Uh, 
But the Santa should go up there. Probably Hutchinson and I imagine Hogan would be the you know the. It'll be very, very interesting with Trump stopping up and down in the stage. The interesting was the last of 2016, right, real quick, was Jeb Bush, who got the $100 million by the Republican Party. He was their fairhead boy. And Trump apparently had a device in his ear and said, ask Jeb why his brother went into uh, Iraq. Bush says, I mean, Trump says to Bush, why'd your brother go into Iraq? He just shrugged his shoulders. I don't know. You, you think he'd be prepared after $100 million? Yeah, really? you, think the folk, you think the focus groups, would have, you know, you're going to get that question. But this should be a knockdown, drag out, insane affair. Because DeSantis must be afraid of him. Of course, just like the Florida contingent. They should do it down at Key West. I wish Boris Johnson was an American citizen. He'd be perfect to be up there with him. And Bolsonaro, too, is an American citizen. But this should be a just knockdown, drag out affair. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, they're going to eat each other up, the Republicans. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a, just a torturous affair. Yeah, so anyway, you guys have a good night. Thanks a million. Take care. Hey, Paul, do you have any uh, anybody that you're looking at? I mean, like, if Biden doesn't run, I know a lot of people are talking about it. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Who, would you, who are they going to run if, they, if he doesn't run? Gavin Newsom? Who else can they run? Pat, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I would pick Pete over Kamala, I think. Gretchen Whitmer? I, I loved Elizabeth Warren, but she doesn't seem to have the uh, the, the charisma that people want. It's got to be someone. If they're going to run DeSantis, you got to run someone young, too. Or younger, I think. Cause you then, don't think Pete, Pete Buttigieg is the guy? I, 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 don't, I just don't know if he can win. I like him a lot. I, I don't know. You don't think we're ready for a, a gay president? I, well, also, he was he... Not just that, but he also was just the mayor of a town, right? Like, he doesn't have any federal... Well, he's, a, he's in charge of uh, the transportation. transportation. Yeah. Here, let's see. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Hey, hey Patty. Um, you know, I think we uh, we progressives and Democrats, we just... We, we have a completely distorted view on these Republicans. We should be mocking them. Don't treat them as equals and don't give them equal time. We should mock yes. them for the... For, you, know, you know what an idiot is? Okay, the definition of idiot, you know, the Greek, the Greek, an idiot was someone who didn't participate in democracy. These are idiots. Oh, I didn't okay, know that that's the think. origin of the word idiot. Was yes. someone? Oh, idios, idiosai. It's a, it's a, it's a Greek term for those who don't participate in the in the democracy. It was an ancient Athenian term. Yes, it, it, that's where the idiot comes from, and we should treat him as such. And I, I'll tell you something. You look at the brilliant Jewish actors and comedians um, during the World War II that mocked the Nazis. The, the Three Stooges were all Jewish. You should see, you know, I'm sure you can see some great comedy clips where they're mocking Hitler and all of Mussolini and all those guys. And Mel Brooks, of course, he did the mm-hmm. producers. And they're mocking. You know, you mock, you, you mock these people. You know, like this, my pillow. Yeah, we're going to take over the government. You know I mean? Let's mock these people because that's that's what they deserve. They, they are not serious people. They're, 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 they're anti-science they believe Jesus rode around with the, with Dino the dinosaur. Right. These people are—they belong in the Stone Ages. Mock them, belittle them, berate them. Don't put them on an equal footing. They are not worth it. That's my position. I mean, people are mocking them. The late night TV shows. I think Kimmel has uh, been constantly mocking yes. Trump yes, and all those folks. Hal Sparks Colbert does. does. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, and even does. and even Jimmy Fallon is doing it. Who's not political? I mean, he started doing it too. So I think you're seeing a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I, 
I agree. I agree with you. I mean, and and look, you you've heard me, John, when someone tries. And Paul and I were in the car one day. Remember, I was having a caller, and all of a sudden, you you couldn't hear the other side of the conversation. I was like, okay, we're done. Here. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because as Tom Hartman was saying this this afternoon or this morning, when he does get into these, because this is not a debate show. We are talking about the right. issues of the day, uh, and if I do engage in a conversation with somebody who wants to call in and say, hey, Patty, I really like that you listen to both sides of the story. And by the way, you're a baby killer. And I'm like, wow, where did that come from? Uh, we're not even we're not starting from a place of reason. And I'm not going to engage. So I've been watching a show recently. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of it, but I, I'm a little late to the game. I guess it's called West Wing. I don't know. It's a show. Uh, it holds up. Yes, I, uh, yes, I never does. watched it back in the day. Really? Oh, I, I'm, I'm so jealous. Get, and uh, I'm on season one. Yeah. And uh, wow, like a lot of that stuff from the late 90s is very relevant to, yeah. to things. I mean, sadly, a lot of the same issues are still yeah. at, at, at play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they um, they got things done on that West Wing. I, I think it's uh, on HBO Max without commercials. I but it, it was a show from prior times. So I don't when know I was, if you guys heard of it. When I was when I was running for office, I would keep a Bluetooth in my ear and I would listen to West Wing as a because you know you only get about two people that answer the door out of every ten, so you're just walking and I would just listen to West Wing because you, you know listen I, not watch it. I was because I, I seen never I've seen every episode several times. Oh, you have? Yeah, so okay. it's just like background for me. As you know, I don't listen to music. I listen to I do know spoken that. word. Um, <laughs> Thanks for calling, John. Okay, thank you, Thanks, Take John. Care. Yes, I no. It's a great show. It's I, amazing. I, you know, I only watched like three or four episodes of my life, but uh, now I'm I started from the beginning. It I can't was, even remember that first episode when he gets into a bike accident, and, uh, and I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> well, he comes in. He oh, they come in where he they comes s- in. They they, they, yes, they all wake up to him, and Rob Lowe has gone to bed with a. Uh, he doesn't realize he went to sleep with a prostitute. Yes, I saw and that. So one. it's a little bit of yeah. It's really the eyes in are fantastic. I'm and on then Julie Hill, who's fantastic. Who uh, he becomes his aide later on, the young black man. Oh yeah, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. His name is the actor's name is Dulé Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I'm only on. I'm only on where the prostitute becomes uh, graduates law school, and right. they got pictures with him and Rob Lowe. Oh, that's so. Funny. That's where I'm at right now. It's and, a really good show. And there was a shooting, but we don't know what right. anything yet. That's yeah. I'm on the. That's so, where. I, that's where I came here. So, have you ever seen uh, American <laughs> President with Michael Douglas? I and, did. So it's the same writer. So, uh, so he wrote Aaron, that. Oh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. So he he wrote that as well. And if you notice, like, there's some parallels to it. Like, they kind of base a little bit. Uh, you know, the uh, Josh Lyman is, I believe, the Michael J. Fox. I mean, they're also based oh, on gotcha, the yeah. administration a little bit too. Kind of. Well, Dee Dee Myers was right. like one of the writers. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out who she's. I believe she is CJ. She's CJ. I think okay. Dee Dee Myers. I, 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 it's well, been a she while. She was a press secretary. Right, Correct. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. It's uh, it's fantastic, and uh, I'm I'm kind of jealous that you're watching it for the first it's time. So fun. Yeah. It's a great show. It's a great show. That scene where uh, he's talking, where he can quote the Bible, right? Josiah you know, Bartlett. Yeah. Where you're ch- you're cho- you're picking and choosing what parts of the Bible then you should not be wearing. People are listening to this now. Be like, wait, is this 1997? <laughs> <laughs> well, we love watching it because Bush was president. Uh, it's actually, I think it started in 2000, like after uh, oh, George. Okay. I think it started in the early 2000s, and so it was kind of like, oh, why can't we have someone? Like you know, it's, it's it's a fun show that that holds up. The only problem I have with it is when they pick up their cell phones. Like, ah, oh, 
You're like, oh, this was 20 years ago. But otherwise, <laughs> they're, black, they're little Blackberries. Yeah, like otherwise it's fine. Or the computers are like working on like the original Mac. <laughs> the big, yeah. the big plastic screens. By the way, Miss Landingham is from Chicago. She went to uh, grade school with my aunt Pat. She went to St. Clemens. Okay. And uh, and moved to she she lived in I believe she lived in like in the North Shore for a while and got divorced and started her life over in her huh. 40s. She decided to go start learning how to act and Hell yeah. went out to Los Angeles and she was on Desperate. Housewives on West Wing and yeah, remarkable actress. Okay, well, I I don't no spoilers here. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm still on the I'm episode, not season what, one. What she was I'm know. saying. Well, I know I saw an episode later where Lily Tomlin is the oh she's so good too. Uh, that, yeah, takes over the spot. Good. I love Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a show on uh, on Netflix with her and uh, Jane Fonda. Oh I, yeah, I never finished watching the rest, but it was it was other, and, the two men in there really. and with uh, but also with President Bartlett. Yeah, he's in there yeah, too. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen's in there. Yeah. And uh, and the guy who played oh my god, um, well, who's the guy from Law and Order? Uh, Sam Water is it Waterson Sam. I didn't want to say that. Mm. Term. Okay. I know what show you're talking about. It's, I've seen a couple. They're just high all the time. Yeah. It's, it's right? what? They got high. I saw the episode where they get high. Well, Lily Tomlin does. Lily yeah. Tomlin's kind of a, you know, kind of a 60s hippie. Also also okay. watching the Jeffersons and Mary Tyler Are Moore, really? too. Yeah. Mary Tyler, like, I like both those shows. But Mary Tyler Moore, I think, is so one good. of the greatest oh, shows ever. best written ever, show ever. ever. Yeah. It's fantastic. So well written. Oh, my God. Ted Baxter. Mm-hmm. See, these are the things is that we need We need some uh, I, I've been watching uh, New Girl See, I'm also watching older shows I watch, I've been watching New Girl Which is enjoyable Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, they have uh, I read the biography the, the From uh, James Burroughs his, his memoir And so then I was like re- All the shows that he was involved with So it's fun to go back and see All the sitcoms that he, he was involved with And he, he started uh, just as a writer on Mary Tyler Moore, and then later, obviously, did Taxi, which is the greatest show of all time. And you know, and Cheers. Oh, Taxi, another, by the way, so, so good. what I did for a while when I was uh, screenwriting in Los Angeles and I was pitching uh, sitcoms and other shows, I would go back and watch like my favorite pilots. And I think that Taxi has one of the greatest oh, pilots. Yeah, so good. Mary Tyler Moore has a great pilot. Uh, a lot of, I mean, like, I would just go back and I've watched. That, you know, I've always dreamt of being able to write something that was had a serious edge to it. Was so mash was something that I go back and I watch quite a bit to care to have these really serious mm-hmm. issues of yeah, of war. And, yeah, all those shows would be canceled now. All, all the shows that all Norman Lear, yeah. yeah, that stuff would not fly today. Yeah, even though it's they're handling the issues. Sure, and I mean, I think some you know some shows when they when they try to it, it, it's weird now. Do you watch any? So there's multi camera are the ones mm-hmm. that are like the Jeffersons. Right. The, on the sound stage, and then there's a single camera, like the Modern office. Family, and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think if I like any multi-camera shows anymore. I think that there's a big move away from that. I'm sort of. I'm, I'm excited in a little bit. So I had sold my sitcom to ABC Studios, the series P- Patty Happens, in 2015, and they were trying to get a Latino-based show, a Latino or Latino-based show, off the ground. And uh, and that was what seven years ago now, eight years ago, and finally they've got. Uh, a Gina Rodriguez project, so I'm really excited. It's it's going to air pretty soon, I think. Um, but she's an obituary writer, and it's kind of got a ghost element to it. Uh, so I'm really excited about uh, her having that series, uh, mm. and a little bit of a little tinge of oh, why not me? Mm. <laughs> you try not to have that. Oh. I, I'm here with you. Yes, out. I'm here and driving it home till seven. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to do news, traffic, and we're going to check in with our new friend Jessica Piper, uh, the Dirt Road Democrat. She's got a new podcast out. We want to talk about her her battle. To 
to to enhance support and uh, and encourage people to participate in making sure that public schools can flourish. More after this on WCPT 820. We're hanging out with comedian and recovering attorney Paul Farver. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are hanging out with comedian and recovering attorney Paul Farvar, and I want to introduce him to a guest that I have become a fan of on uh, Twitter. You know, uh, there's you know once Elon Musk took over, you started getting all different other kinds of uh, people in your feed, yes, and uh, I guess testing out to see what you reacted to. And one of the people I reacted to was Jessica Piper. Piper from Missouri is her Twitter handle, and I'm excited to w- welcome her to the road. She's the dirt to the road to the show. <laughs> it's the Dirt Road Democrat. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, I have a little anxiety now after listening to your traffic report. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's not for you. There's no traffic for you. Uh, what part oh, of Missouri, what part of Missouri are we talking to you from? I'm at the very northwest tip, so I'm just a couple miles away from the Iowa line. Just lots of cornfields and bean fields out here. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about your background, because uh, I am absolutely fascinated by you. I'm excited about the work that you do. So, I want to know more about you. Where were you born? I was actually born in Louisiana. Uh, my dad was in the Navy, so I was born in Metairie. But I grew up mostly in Arkansas, and I moved to Missouri about 15 years ago. Um, I was a teacher for 16 years, an English teacher, and um, just kind of got sick of what was going on around me and decided I was I was going to pack it up and run for office. So uh, did you grow up in a household where people talked about politics? or Because, you know, when you think of Louisiana, you think of a military family, you tend to think of conservatives. That would be what a lot of people might assume or imagine, right? And that's true. Yeah, born and raised a conservative. Um, I was a Southern Baptist evangelical. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, very conservative. Um, And things changed. (laughs) You're like, and things change. And that's what I'm I I, and look, I mean, and, and it sounds as though teaching was what had the biggest impact on you, because I see how vocal you are, how much of a champion you are for public schools. And, uh, and, the, and the stories that you share, you know, trying to in, in, in encourage people to think about who is investing in encouraging these charter schools and these private schools. What, what was that sort of moment for you when you were like, this is enough is enough? Well, I was a teacher for 16 years, had a master's degree. I was traveling the country teaching other teachers how to teach. And um, I walked away from my public school making $41,000 a year. And um, so my bring home pay was like, you know, 2300 That's what I was living on with a master's degree. Um, and so I just looked around and saw the defunding of our schools. I mean, Missouri's ranked 50th in teacher pay, 49th in educational funding. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they think of defunded schools and what's going on, they think of Mississippi or Louisiana. And you're like, no, it's it's the Midwest. It's Missouri. It's Iowa. Um, and so I just had enough, you know, and uh, speaking out wasn't doing anything. And actually, you know, it made my job really tough to speak out. So um, nobody, nobody ran for state rep um, on my ticket for a couple of cycles. And I was like, you know what? Nobody else is going to do it. I'll do it. Yeah, hey Jessica, they, I don't know if you heard of the show called The West Wing. It's on TV, but they talked about this on an episode with the the public versus uh, the charter schools and stuff. Have you have you had a chance to watch that new show? New show. I, Paul just found it. He's I've so heard sweet. of it. Yeah, 
<laughs> That's it. I just, I just want. Well, to... it's amazing how many things have been we what we weren't paying attention to. To Paul's point, that was in the early two thousand. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of things were happening that we just weren't paying attention to, and it's not that it's too late, but we have a lot of ground to catch up on, don't we? Yeah, I mean, 1979 is when Jerry Falwell and the moral majority decided that we weren't going to have public schools anymore. I mean, they proclaimed, you know, they wanted the end of public schools and they picked abortion, too, which seemed like two random points, but actually they're very connected. Um, and what we see going on in public schools right now started back then in, in the 80s. It really, you know, ramped up with Reagan. This was a very long game and they played it well and it it worked. And you can come to my state and see what's happening. Thirty percent of the schools in Missouri are on a four day week. Um, we can't recruit teachers. We, we our starting pay is twenty five thousand dollars a year. You can't pay rent and and your um, you know student loans back. It's bad. How do okay? So I, I saw your one of your uh, clips um, f- when you were running for office, and knowing that when you rang a doorbell or knocked on the door, the, the chances were the person on the other side did not want to have anything to do with your politics. Uh, so that's yeah. a, that's a heavy lift. When I so I ran for a state house as well in my neighborhood, and I have sort of a combined. Very I live in a first responder neighborhood. I grew up here. So I'm, I'm a little bit like you where I get the people that I grew up with. But at the same time, it's like, hey, this is where I'm coming from. Um, you know, do I mean, how do those constituents, how do those people, in those communities, how do they work if their kids are only going to and not that school should be the babysitters, but it's, it's kind of part of the engine is yeah. the kids are at school while we're working. Right. Right. And when people I'll, I'll always say this, um, Fancy districts, um, you know, people who have a lot of money, their kids aren't going to four days a week. Their kids aren't going to charter schools. You know, these people have enough money to fund their public schools. But when we base everything off, you know, tax rates and and tax bases, well, literally, I paid $29,000 for my house and six acres. So how much am I paying towards my school? And that's everyone that lives out here. So, you know, basing funding off of property values is so inequitable. Um, But... People can't make it on the four days a week. So what you end up having having is people say, well, you know, you can remediate on that fifth day or kids can read their books and catch up. No, they're not. Those kids are going to work at Casey's. They're going to work at McDonald's or they're babysitting the little kids who don't have anywhere to go on that fifth day. It's just um, happening to people in rural areas and in places where we have a lot of poverty. By the way, Paul, I think our you jaws misspoke. Dropped. Did yes. you say twenty nine thousand dollars for six acres? And a house, <laughs> a five-bedroom house. When when was when this? We bought it in nineteen ten. What's going on here? Twenty seventeen. Hey, there's a house across the street for me that's thirty-two thousand. I think it's got an acre with it. Hmm. There you go, Paul. You want to live in Missouri? My Northwest. parking spot was twenty nine thousand dollars in twenty twelve. <laughs> well, that's that's to her point. Year. Is that when we base it off? Yeah. Of, and, and this is nationwide. Yeah. When did when did uh, funding schools rest on property owners? When did the, do you have? Because it sounds like you know a lot about the history of this. Yeah, I don't know exactly when it started, but as long as I have, you know, since the 70s and 80s, whenever I was in school, it was still based that way. And you can you can walk around, and that's why we end up with things like charters in urban areas, because you have a lot of poverty. By the way, urban and rural air, um, problems are basically the same. You know, right. we don't have access to health care. We, we, our schools are struggling. But anyway, um, they put charters in urban areas, and then they come out here in rural areas, and they cut off, you know, one day a week. While everybody else who's living in Clayton and St. Louis, I mean, they're doing, you know, okay because 
they have a tax base. So just super inequitable. And no one seems to care. And the worst part about it is when I knocked on doors is that people have just kind of acquiesced to this to this system. And people are now actively asking for less uh, for their children. And it's just this cycle that needs to be broken. See, this is where I remember when when Trump won and I was working at another radio station and there were women who were like we were I'll never forget. We were like in this uh, storage room because no one wanted to cry in front of other people. And uh, and they were like, What's, it's education. You know, we've got to educate. And I was like, that's I, I feel like that horse has left the barn uh, because I just it sounds like it's only getting worse. And I know that you are working very hard. And, and I and I want to know how we can support you, too, because one, you have a, a new podcast out. Tell people about the new podcast you're working on. Yeah, so it's called The Dirt Road Democrat, and it's just me talking about, you know, what's going on in Missouri. And when I talked to folks and I realized what was going on, by the way, most of the time when people told me they wouldn't vote for me, they weren't being hateful. They weren't being rude. I literally heard, I'm a Christian. I can't vote for you so many times that, you know, then you understand that it, it really it really is coming from that way. But um, the Dirt Road Democrat, also, I'm working with an organization called Blue Missouri, and, and we're raising money for candidates across the state because in the last cycle, 60% or I'm sorry, 40% of the seats went unopposed and went right to Republicans. So we have to stop that. And the only way we can stop it is to find candidates and then give them money so they can go out and talk to their neighbors. I think we've heard this many times when you say that someone told you they wouldn't vote for you because they're a Christian. Because like when I went door knocking, I would get questions on abortion, on uh, gun legislation, uh, you know, different things like that. And, and again, I live in a community that has a lot of progressives. So and, and you know, I use the uh, vote builder. So I, I would have the, the van and know that I was knocking on doors of Democrats. Um, are you so when you were running, are you going to are you going to the doors of voters? and knowing that many of them are Republican and trying to have that conversation? Yeah, there's no, there's just not enough Democrats out here to, to get me to a win number. And we don't have great data because the last Democrat who won was over three decades ago. Oh. Um, we've, ne- we've never elected a woman ever in my district. So it was just, I mean, it was just, you never knew what you were going to get at the door. And most of the time, everyone was very friendly. I mean, my son had a gun pulled on him, but... <gasps> In general, everyone was very friendly, even when they were. Yeah, that's very friendly. Yeah, that's great. Now Paul's never door knocking with me. (laughs) (laughs) Now y'all aren't moving out here anymore, are you? (laughs) See, see, Paul, that's what. Yeah, twenty nine thousand and six acres. No, but here's the thing: is that what what Jessica is fighting for? Again, we're talking to Jessica Piper. She has a podcast, Dirt Road Democrat. Follow her on uh, Twitter because I'm always learning something from the posts that she shares. Uh, So, okay, so thirty years since a Democrat was elected. Never, never a woman. And and you said 40 percent of the electeds didn't even have a Democrat as an opponent, which means that no one's even having the debate. It's just everything is just going to grind to a continue to grind to a halt for Missourians. Right. Exactly. Until until we stop this, until, you know, we're able to put money into these uh, rural districts who aren't producing any Democrats. It just it, it we started a cycle years ago. And I'll tell you this. A lot of people will fault the Democrats and they'll say, well, you know, it's their fault because they didn't visit rural America. And I'm telling you one thing. I've never had a Republican visit me either. I've never had one of them knock on my door, call me or ask me for my vote. Everyone has left this area. So I mean, it's ripe for people coming in. And it's going to take a while. It's a long game. Um, I got one. I got 25% of the vote. And that means I got four points more than the last person who ran years ago. But when I look around, I'm like, well, that's one in four. One in four people will vote for someone as progressive as me. And that says something. 
I mean, that's how Arizona started, too. If you look look at how they've turned into a, basically a blue state with all their representation, uh, you know, f- 10, 15 years ago, a lot of the positions were no one was running against them. In fact, I think one time a governor didn't even have uh, one of the high levels didn't have anyone running against them. And now you have right. their governor who is a Democrat and you have uh, two senators who were both Democrats. One's an independent now. But still. Yeah, that's how we do it, you know, slowly but surely. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the grind of it, too. Is... They talk about that on the West Wing, too. You should check that show out. <laughs> Shout out to West Wing. West Wing. <laughs> so would, did, was there a sort of, uh, you know, older voters who would tell you I'm Christian, I'll never vote for a Democrat? Are you s- sensing that younger people are more likely to have the conversation or are they as sort of steeped in tradition and religion as their older counterparts? No, it was definitely the older folks and the younger people are definitely more, um, you know, they'll vote for a progressive. I'll tell you, they don't like to be called Democrats either, though. They they don't like to put themselves into boxes. But this is what's happening. In Missouri, we passed a voter suppression law and it made it to where right in August, um, students from out of state could not use their state issued uh, college ID to vote. In my town, I have a university. 35% of those kids are from out of state. So 2,800 people could not cast a vote for me because they wouldn't, you know, change their driver's license at the last minute. And by the way, my win number was 7,000. 2,800 couldn't vote. You know that, that the GOP knows exactly what they're doing with these voter suppression laws. Wow. And and it, so how does your primary, obviously there was no primary for you because there were no other no. Democrats running. Uh, okay, so that doesn't even, it just comes down to they see the D and the R, they're not going to go for the D uh, because of the Democrats. I mean, do you see, uh, in working with this new organization that you're with, do you, uh, is there a way to, I guess, use language in order to, to make that those inroads? Uh, you know, what, what kind of uh, tactics are you guys starting to turn toward? So we're really focusing on young people, um, and there comes a point to you're wasting your breath with a lot of folks. I mean, I knocked a door, and, and we have a, an abortion ban in Missouri, and the, the guy was talking about it. And I said, well, ectopic pregnancies, they're criminalizing ectopic pregnancies. Women will die. And he said, you know, if a woman dies from an ectopic pregnancy, it's God's, God's will. I walked, uh, yeah, I walked away from that one, because what am I going to do, right? Uh, so, yeah, those kind of, and I actually drove home after that. I was so shaken that I, I didn't know what to do with myself. But those conversations, I, I move on. And as soon as someone says something like that, I'm I'm done. And I'm just going to keep moving because we've got to flip the people that are available and that will listen to our message. Right. Well, was that guy older? Was he? Was that guy older, like yeah. over 70? Yes. Oh, so there you go. That's, that's, yeah. that's a silver lining there. He won't be there. Wow. Wow. Paul, so my apologies. My apologies. He won't be there later. I'm just saying. My older audience. Paul. That's the silver lining. He probably doesn't believe in health either. She's never going to come back on the show if this is the attitude we have about people living. About no, our no, neighbors. no. I'm saying the guy who was that guy. I, I look, I am not. Of that's the, God's I, will. I am not of the mind. I'm not of the mind that when a certain population dies off, we're going to do better. I, I want to keep having the conversations as I believe Jessica continues to. Right, Jessica? 
Yeah, yeah. right. And they, and I actually had so many people who volunteered for me were the over 70 crowd. So I had one woman who was 78 and she delivered 250 signs in her little town. Awesome. I mean, they, you know, she was just so happy to have someone running. Yeah. And, and that's my whole point is if we and they had to devote so much money to my race, they haven't had to put a dime up here in decades and they had to dump $60,000 from someone who's trying to privatize public schools by the way into my opponent's race because they knew that I meant business and I was running and I was raising money if we did that in every state uh, race across the state they couldn't stop us they couldn't because it would be too much money and there's too many irons in the fire Wow. Uh, let me take a call. There's a question. Do you mind taking a call from a listener? They have a question about... Uh, Absolutely. Here, let me get to Ted in Bensonville. Hey, Ted, what's on your mind? You're on the air with me and Paul Farvar and Jessica Piper of Missouri. Yeah, Jessica, thanks for your efforts and your great passion. Yeah, I thought I had heard that uh, it, uh, can- recreational cannabis was voted uh, to be legal in Missouri. Was it not last November? I thought I had heard that. It is, yep. Oh, it's legal now in, in Missouri? Yep. Oh, look at that. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to put it on the ballot because that's how everything works here. Okay, so you have to put it on the ballot. So it moved out of the the legislature, but now it's got to go on the ballot for the vote? It already did, and we voted it in. Oh, there you go, Ted. You can get high in Missouri. So, so Patty, yeah, there you go. So you got for six acres and a house... 29 G's and you can smoke there. <laughs> Maybe they can grow I'm there. <laughs> You're I on your way, it. Ted. <laughs> nice. All right. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks, Ted. That's one of the things I wonder about too. Sometimes Piper. I mean, I'm sorry, Jessica. Um, do people call you Piper? I get because only because I saw. Thank you. Uh, sorry about Thank that, you. Jessica. Do you prefer Jess, Jessica, or Piper? Jess. Jess. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm I'm paying you the respect. Um, that's uh that's one of the things is that um you know when it I remember in in Springfield like we just voted a recreational marijuana is it recreational or, or medical use only in Missouri? We have both now. Oh, you have both now. Congratulations! And I'm guessing that was because they wanted to be able to raise money. Yes, it is. Um, and if it's anything like the the lottery scheme that they did, yep. then we won't actually see any money from it. So, but. Hoping for the best. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that they, they're moving to four-day schools. I mean, I saw Paul's eyebrows go up. I just can't even imagine four. I mean, it sounds great as a it kid. sounds great now, yeah. For, the, for a kid. I would have loved well, that. They sold it to the teachers because, you know, if you're starting out at $32,000, $33,000 a year, you, you can't make it. Um, and so instead of funding teachers, what they've done is said, we'll give you an extra day a week. So there's no data that I've come across. Now, lots of times, of course, the kids love it. And sometimes the parents like it, too. But the point of the matter is they are definitely, you know, missing out on some education. And I know this firsthand because I taught at one of the schools. So I, I know the ins and outs of what happens at a four-day school. They just end at like 1959 in history. They're like, well, we're out of time, so we can't teach you about everything else. Is it? Is it the? Are the days longer though? The four days are 12 hours or something? <laughs> it's still they eight hours. Well, I mean, that's no. Right. No, they are longer, but it's usually 45 minutes to wow. an hour. But what happens is they're not lengthening. So you know, I t- I taught English and I taught you know five hours a week. They're not actually lengthening the English class. They're just adding another hour to the day. So you're literally missing one yeah. day of English every, you know, every week. And that I'll tell you the funniest part, though, y'all. Listen to this. Every four-day school week has sports that practice five days a week because coaches know they can't compete with other schools if they miss a day of practice. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, of course. Oh. Yeah. There's just no way. That's a priority and, in Missouri. And the, and that's another, I think that's another thing I saw in your feed was about the charter schools and elevating sports because they know that will that will be an enticement for people to send their kids to privatized schools, right? Right. So whenever you, you know, have open enrollment or that sort of thing, or, you know, you can get a voucher to go to a different school. By the way, kids, rural kids don't get vouchers because there's no school choice. My kid goes to a, a school with 17 other kids in the entire class. There's no one going to come out here and open up a school. So she's just left in a defunded public school, right? Um, but when you have open enrollment and vouchers, that I didn't think about this. My husband's a football coach, and he was like, oh, my God, everybody's going to, you know, head to Maryville so they can have you know, a state team. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because my focus is academics. <laughs> go figure. He's like, no, yeah, everybody's going to go to this school so that they can go and win state every single year. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Wow. Uh, this And this is something we've talked about on the show is, you know, we kind of talk from a, a place of, you know, I'm broadcasting from a pretty solidly blue Area. I mean, the whole state of, of Illinois is not blue. We just have, a, you know, because of Chicago, we have a, a, a Democrat as a governor. We have a supermajority in our legislature. And it is other states that we need to be, you know, be involved in and supporting the work that you do. Uh, where can people go to, to donate, to be more informed, to be ready when you need people phone banking and things like that? If they would go to Blue Missouri, um, there's a reoccurring donation link, and uh, they give 100% to the candidates. And I vetted this organization because I'm just I, – I shoot it straight. I'm, you know, being truthful and upfront with everybody. This organization will help us get money to candidates. So it's Blue Missouri. You could give $5 a month and then, you know, until 2024 and then cut it off if you want to. But – this is going to help me go out and tap candidates and take care of that, you know, 40 percent uh, that don't have anyone running. That's I still can't believe that. And you have a new podcast that just started Heartland, on Heartland Pod. You can go to heartlandpod.com and go to Dirt Road Democrat and learn more. And you, you can hear the conversations that Jess Piper is having. Uh, do you think that you need like I often like sometimes I thought, should I like someday move to a state? I mean, it doesn't I mean, you want people who are from there. You want to convince people. But if you have generations of people who are like, I'm not voting for a Democrat because I'm a Christian, that's a that's a heavy lift. It, it is a heavy lift, but it's something that, I mean, all of us have to do. And when we come together and we collaborate, we can actually do it. And I would encourage anyone listening that pays $29,000 for a parking space to come live across the street from me and, and go blue. I mean, I, do, I don't play it anymore, but yeah. I mean, I, not I, if I get a gun pointed at me for going to my neighbor's door. That's, no, yeah. it won't be your neighbor. It's just a stranger. You know, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Complete stranger. Oh, my God. I work for the state of Illinois, so maybe when I retire. I, I'm always looking for – but here's the thing. So I have a son who has significant disabilities. How does Missouri rank? Because I'm sure you know that information, too, if you're involved in education. Uh, how do they work rank in services for people with disabilities? If you're so far behind on paying for teachers, I'm imagining it's not that great for human services. It's a, it's a, it's tough. Um, our, you know, it's, and my, my son works, he's a a special education teacher, but he drives, he crosses the line into Iowa every day so that he can make more money. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what's really difficult too. When people talk about school choice, it's not for rural kids, but guess what? It's not for disabled kids too, because these schools don't accept kids who don't score well on tests. Right. And I know, cause I had a kiddo with a learning disability too. Um, it's, it's an issue. 
Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Jess, would you come on like every once in a while and update us on the work that you're doing and how we can work with you and help you? Heck, I love this. This was so much fun. <laughs> but that traffic, I'm telling you, that traffic, that is, that is tough. Well, yeah. That's... My heart was beating fast. I was like, there's so many numbers and letters, and my God. It's nothing here. We're used to it here. Kind of like you're probably used to someone pointing a gun at you when you go to a door. <laughs> it's just a different yeah, world, Jess. It's like, yeah, I, I cross the street. Hold on. Hold up. I've got mine. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's really a pleasure to meet you. I'm so glad that uh, I found you, and, uh, and I'm glad that I saw you uh, talking about a, a, a less than pleasant experience on a conservative radio station. So I wanted to uh, sort of erase that memory and, uh, and have you on and look forward to having you on again. This is fantastic. I'm not crying. This is the best. Thank oh. you for having me. Now we uh, we need more like you. Uh, if you could find, you know, if you could carbon copy uh, a Jess Piper uh, again, go to heartlandpod.com to follow her podcast, Dirt Road Democrat. Uh, follow her on Twitter because she is always sharing information that you should know about. So have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you again very soon, my friend. Thanks, folks. This was great. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Man, people out there doing Bye. the hard work. Bye. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it's one thing to do that here, Paul. It's another thing to be. Yeah. You know, neighbors. I don't think I would have the yeah, a lot stomach after yeah. some of those incidents. Let's take a break here. And uh, if Piper hangs out, you can listen to the traffic again. <laughs> <We're out laughs> this. Tune into the Tom Hartman radio program, your home for news, opinion and insight right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. And we are driving it home until 7. Comedian Paul Farvar joins me in in studio. He's also a recovering uh, lawyer. And maybe, I don't know if this is something that happened to Matt. Matt wanted to call with with to mention something about a, a what, Matt? What's going on? So, first of all, hi, everyone. How are we doing this week? We finally have a house, which means maybe, maybe, maybe we can actually get something accomplished. But again, oh, I doubt uh, it. Pigs could also fly, and Bug City could do karaoke on the night that's not Wednesday. But that's probably never going to happen. So we're going to be stuck with what we have. Uh, no, I'm calling because there was a carjacking, and then the police chased the carjackers and the stolen car to the little area in between Division and, and then, sorry, between Wells and LaSalle. Oh, my Division. God. When? And then the two guys jumped out. Just within the past hour, then the two guys jumped out of the car, and apparently they left two shotguns in the car, which means the police think they're armed and they're looking for them in all the adjoining buildings. Oh, my God. So, so that- that's what's happening right now. So, Jeff... If you think you're nervous about the traffic, try driving in Chicago. Jess, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you didn't hear your. I, I'm glad you didn't hear your story about there being a carjacking. Yeah, I saw that coming in. They were talking about that, but I didn't know that. I didn't know the gun, the shotgun part. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, are you in that area right yeah, now? No, I was. I actually picked somebody up who lives right next door, and that's how I found all this out. Wow! After all, I'm a wonderful Lyft driver who. Needs your support all the time because <laughs> I'm driving in Chicago, which is akin to feeling a Batman's death trap, Batman villain's death trap from 1966. 
But I digress again. Um, Patty, we have a problem, and the problem is is that nobody knows how to use the turn signal. <laughs> they like they, they like the surprise of the drivers. I use it because I like to let people know what's going to happen next. I'm going to move over. I know merging is a uh, is definitely a contact sport, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of folks that do not use their turn signals. I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, on the way up from college years and years ago, I drove up with a friend of mine, and he always used to call my non-signaling turn the Chicago Drift. And he's like, I cannot believe you do this. And then as soon as we got up here, as soon as we hit Illinois, he just went, oh, my God, all of you do it. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, I will tell you this, and Paul might back me up on this. The worst drivers in the country are in Los Angeles. I think they're the worst drivers, Paul. They really are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They're the worst, but they're not. They're. I, I think there's a lot of bad drivers here too. So. Oh, sure, definitely. But I think because oh yeah, it's just that no one's from Los Angeles. So like, different styles. Yeah, it, Florida's pretty bad too. Mexico City's crazy. Florida, they have you have people driving twenty miles over the speed limit and twenty miles under the speed limit on the highway. <laughs> So and there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. They don't know which lane to be in. So oh my it's God. just it's and an autobahn. And you got a lot of short people with like just a knuckle yes. showing. Yes, <laughs> a lot of older folks, elderly folks. Yes, yeah. I, you know, see, here here's the difference between Florida, Chicago, New York, and L.A. Florida, every man for himself. New York, people will scream at you, people will yell at you, but at the end of the day, they want you to get to where you're going. They just want to get there first. People in L.A. love traffic. I mean, they love it. Like, they, they prepare, they go out, they go out exactly at the right time to hit L.A. traffic, and they bring the switches, they bring board games, and it just gives them something to pass the time because they're excited to sit in that traffic for hours on end. Then you have Chicago, and here's where Chicago comes in. See, Chicago is, and I can't swear because it's on the radio. Is it fair? Yes, please. I don't want to hit the thumb button, but uh, Chicago is basically eat dirt and die trash. What was so, that? Keep what? The Golden Girls. Chicago is pretty much eat dirt and die trash. Okay. I'm getting there first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, so, yeah. there's a me first attitude. I think anybody in a car has, sort of has this, uh, you know, their, their car is their island and nobody else matters. You know, I, I try to be a, uh, a very, I try to be, I don't know how to put it. I try to go with the flow. Right, I try not to take things personally. I think a lot of people take the way other people drive personally. Like my dad would always do this: watch me teach this lady a lesson. Actually, he would say, "Watch me teach this broad a lesson." You know, and and maybe I did that for a while too, but I'm not as aggressive anymore. I'm on, I'm on ninety yesterday. I'm coming back from Oakbrook from a ride, and I see this guy get upset with this other guy on the highway. Throw a beer bottle out the window. He hits the other guy's car, and then. They started trying to play bumper cars in the middle of, on the highway. Hmm. And I'm like, how, how is nobody pulling them over? Because I know if I even remotely even raised my fist at someone on the highway, three cops would descend out of nowhere, and they would yell at me for uh, rage driving. I can't think of the right word. <laughs> uh, road rage. Yes. Road rage. There you go. But anybody else does it. Like, if anybody else runs a stop sign, nothing happens. As soon as I would run a stop sign, which I never do, but if I did try to run a stop sign, cops everywhere. <laughs> Just you. They, they, know where to, they know where to find you. Well, be safe, Matt. 
Be careful. I know you yes, got yes, uh, stay busy. Tip everyone tip your Lyft driver because it might be Matt. Yes. Also, Paul, my father was a lawyer for forty plus years until his brain popped. Literally he had a brain hemorrhage and stress. So I'm very happy you got out of that. <laughs> Thanks. I want you to stay wow. on the road to recovery and I want you to be a wonderful comedian. And one day I'll see you on SNL with Patty. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Have, be safe. Take, talk to you later. And actually, uh, Paul's got a new show coming up at the Laugh Factory on the last Mondays of the month. So yeah. it's right after my show, which is the last Sundays of the month. Yeah, your show's uh, Jan- Sunday, January 29th. I think I'm I, on that I one. I should probably book some more comics on it, that. I've got yeah. you and Lindsay Shaw on that show right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will be uh, the next night, Monday, uh, January 30th. It's uh, Stand Up, Sit Down, where stand-ups do stand-up comedy. And then we sit down with them and talk to them. I like um, it. Do yeah, you, be are fun. you going to interview us about our material? Are you going to interview no, yeah, we're just okay. going to see where it goes. I'm not going to interview everyone because obviously sometimes you have a sh- show and you don't want to talk afterwards. So I've got to come up with a signal to be like, kind of like the Johnny Carson, like wave him over or just like, God, oh, don't just keep going. You know, like great job. Yeah. So, okay. so we'll see. Be It'll be fun. Yeah. The first one's uh, January 30th. And if you want free tickets, just message me on uh, Instagram. I've got 20 to give away. And, so. how, and how do they follow you on Instagram? Paul Farvar. It's a P-A-U-L-F-A-R-A-H-V-A-R. If you put in Paul F-A-R. On Instagram, it pops up. So follow me there, and then uh, I'll give you some tickets. Well, since you're on the show with me on the last Sunday, I'll I'll throw out some names uh, before we go tonight. Uh, before we go home, off the oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. names and who you want on the show because it's kind of oh, fun to hang out with your friends, isn't it? It's more <laughs> yeah, it'll fun. be yeah. a fun show. That's why I like. I mean, that's why I do the shows. It's Patty Vasquez and friends. But you've also introduced me to some younger, newer comics that I didn't know very well. That's yeah. helped me a lot. Uh, but it's also, man, I really love booking my own shows. I love doing the shows at Tata's Kitchen and Social oh. and at. Uh, so I hate booking it. I love it. Oh, you'll, you'll I, see. Yeah. You'll see. I've been doing it for a year. I I've know. been doing it since February. Yeah. I've, I've done well, it too. I, I, and I host every show, so I never have. I mean, if someone, if there's a fallout, if something happens where you someone's can, late, you can step in. I just uh, I take the time because, like, I had one woman who couldn't make it because she was stuck at work. She works in the hospital. Um, somebody, as they arrived, got their COVID notification and had to turn around. It was yeah. a headliner. I mean, I had a headliner who like was like, I can't do yeah. the show. And I was like, all right. So I mean, I just I'm, I'm on every show. Yeah, the weird nights are when I'm performing and I'm producing. Like I did a show for you at Salerno's, but I was also oh, yeah. producing a show in St. Charles. Oh, so to go back. That's where my no, I didn't go. I didn't make it there. It was I had I had someone fill in for me because there was no way I would have the time. But uh, but that was one of those nights. I I just I, I love doing comedy this way. I, I like doing the shows, but I just don't like the responsibility of booking it. I, it like most of the venues that I work in the suburbs that I help book shows now i let them choose who to pick because you know i I feel like biased and i also i know how the room should be but i also want i don't want 80 comedians mad at me because i didn't book them for a show you know like sometimes they're just not ready or the club don't 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 tell don't tell anybody this but nobody submits to me i just pick who i want (laughs) well that's because they don't know that you're booking it but as soon as people find out you're out of luck. I get like maybe a couple of requests. In fact, when I was booking a show at the Laugh Factory before my other show, Drink They Laugh, I just gave it back to Curtis who books it. I said, I don't want to do this because there were people who were just like hitting me up all the time. I'm just like, I only have two spots. So. Yeah. 
I, uh, but you I, like it so far. I do, but only because, like, I guess, I guess you're right. Maybe because cool, no, I'll just tell people to hit you up. I'll go, hey, guy's got a lot of shows. You guys should hit her up. See how you like it now. Well, here, I'll, uh, just for well, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit for folks. Uh, I saw Jeannie Do- Dugan uh, post about how when you reach out to a comic, don't just ask if they're available, because give them the opportunity to go. They don't, and they don't have to say that's not enough money for me or that's too far of a drive. I give all the details. Yeah, yeah, give them all the details. Are you are you available on February 26th for Two hundred dollars for whatever amount of time, mm-hmm. whatever it is, or hundred dollars for seventy five dollars, right? right? Uh, I just you know because I I know what that feels like because when I say well, what's the pay, then I have to be like no I can't do it. You know what I mean? It makes mm-hmm. it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, I usually give all the details up yeah. top. So. Yeah, give, it's just part of the business. And, it, and it's crazy because sometimes I'll like I'll I'll come email you or someone like that. I'm like I don't feel bad even saying I'm like hey it only does this and then they're like oh but I want to you know, do for, it you know but for me because we're friends right and I know that you asked me because you really want me to do the show and because yeah. the the venue might want the thing I hate doing is promoting shows I think you know that yeah I really hate promoting. we all do yeah it's the worst that's the thing too like that's and like some of these shows it's like man what I do on one show, like that Salerno show, for example, in Oak Park, which is a great show that I run, and uh, it's a monthly. You did it. It's sold out. It All the great. shows have been really? sold out. Yeah. They have uh, Sean Flannery coming up there. Uh, the pizza is so good. The food is oh – all the food God. is so good. It's in Oak Park. It's so good. Um but like what we do there is if it sells out, we bonus out the headliner so that they have an incentive. If yeah. they don't want to promote, that's cool. But if they do – that's another, you know, sometimes it's almost double. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just send out a few emails and see what happens. So. Yeah, I got to learn how to use a MailChimp. When I ran for office, I had someone from a previous uh, place of work try to blackmail me and like, you know, like sent these really nasty messages. And mm-hmm. so I have to make sure that when I do that, I sort of vet the list, not just send it out. Do you, oh, do you, right. do you have a mail list? Do you have a MailChimp? I have a mailing list for uh, Shisha and Boy Productions, my music and comedy shows. And I have one for uh, my shows at Laugh Factory, but I don't have one for those shows, really. I just... I just put it on Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. So Paul's got a new show, Stand Up, Sit Down. Stand Up, Stand Up, Sit Down. Stand yeah. Up, Sit Down. Uh, the next one will be the last Monday of the month, which is January thirtieth. Yep, yep. And that's going to be at the Laugh Factory, which is on Broadway, right there at the corner, of Belmont. That's a great theater, thirty-one seventy-five North Broadway. And it's right there. So go to uh, go to follow Paul on Instagram, send him a message, Please and I'll do. put some tickets aside for you. Let's take a break here and wrap it up. When we come back, I'm driving it home with me, Patty Vasquez, WCPT eight twenty. You're listening to the Heartland Signal. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible democratic socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I also want to thank our friends from Camp Kubagani uh, sponsoring our tech screen. 
uh, sponsor, it's sponsored by Camp Kubagani, a child summer of empowerment, challenge, and fun. Go to multiculturalcamp.com to find out more about Camp Kubagani. And they're gonna, I think that one of the folks from Camp Kubagani is going to join me at the uh, in February for a conversation. Paul, we are doing a mayoral forum on January 26th. Do you know who you like for the? I'm not going. I'm not going to make any. I don't know. Decisions yet, I don't but, know who's. All, what are the options? I've been uh, out of. The, I've been out of the loop. Willie Wilson. No. Uh, Lori Lightfoot. Mm. Paul Vallis. Mm. Uh, Cam, Representative Cam Buckner. I kind of like him. I've met him once. He seems cool. Commissioner Brandon Johnson. I don't know who that is. Uh, Alderwoman uh, Sophia King. I don't know who that is. Um, I'm forget. Oh, Jamal Jamal Green. He was okay. a candidate. In the I remember him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I feel like I'm going to miss somebody. Uh, I saw several of the candidates uh, this past weekend. I was at a mayoral forum at Access Living. Um, do, you, do you know that Mayor Lightfoot was only polling at about 3% leading in the weeks leading into the uh, election in 2019? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were, I, I've told I remember this. you we were, You were the first one to talk to her, right? I was the only one to talk to her for yeah, 48 yeah. hours when she won. Uh, it, so it's, so it's, this is whatever people have problems with her, they should come to you first. No, no, that was after she won. I, I did interview her twice uh, beforehand. No, it was actually Robert Martwick, Senator Martwick, who uh, went to a press conference of hers. He had dropped a piece of legislation about tax assessors. He felt that Cook County's, I believe, the legislation was for the Cook County tax assessor to be an appointed position rather than elected. And he dropped it on a Friday, if I recall correctly, like at the end of the day. So it would just sort of, you know, fly under the radar. She decided to have a press conference about it on the following Monday. And he showed up for it and sat in the front row. And then they got into a confrontation. So the images were of this six foot barrel chested guy yelling at a five foot black woman. And, uh, And one of the things he said was, your Trumpian tactics are why you're wholly unfit to be the mayor of Chicago. Now, that's either here nor there as far as the validity of that. But it was the yelling at her, trying to ambush her, like just, you know, the antics, mm-hmm. um, which elevated, gave her a bump and it gave her free, you don't, you don't want to get free press. Free press. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Cause she was, uh, who was winning at that time? It was the, uh, Preckwinkle, uh, Preckwinkle was ahead. Yeah. yeah She's not running? No. Preckwinkle, and Preckwinkle, you know, the soda tax was always going to be something that, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, it was something that was going to, you know, people, Haunt her. The, the joke was she lost in every, Ward that had a soda tax, which was every single ward, and then she eventually ended up repealing the soda tax. Yeah, which I, I mean, like as long as you already lost because of it, you may as well leave it there. Keep it there, yeah. I mean, instead of gas, just right. Yeah, I don't know if that was I don't know if it was an I either know. or kind of a thing. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing somebody from the mayoral race, but we're gonna have a forum on January 26th. And okay, I'll, I'll be a part of that one too. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about this. I don't. Oh, Chewy, duh, Chewy Garcia. Oh yeah, Chewy. Oh, my gosh, sorry. sorry. Sorry, my Latino population. <laughs> really oh, Paul Vellas is Latino too, right? No, he's not. He's Greek. Oh, really? That's why I Andrea likes him was, so much. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was. Uh, no. I thought he was Hispanic. No, Paul. Paul Vallis? Yeah. No, nobody. I'm. Yeah. I, I, let's go to. Uh, we got. We only have two minutes. I left don't. Here. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I definitely. You know, the first thing that I will say this, and being on the road as a comedian all the time in a lot of states that are are red or purple, the first thing people talk to me about uh, when I'm they find out I'm from Chicago is Lori Lightfoot. What do they say? What they is- just like, what are your thoughts on her? Really? Right away. I, I, that's probably more. That's probably what like. Most people would talk about with Jordan back in the nineties. Really? Like I think this Lori. is how she is a very polarizing yeah. person on the road. She's polarizing here too. Well, yeah. 
Well, I, and it, it's well, it's fascinating. They do not like her in Florida, oh, Oklahoma, sure. Arizona. Gay black woman, really? Yeah, That's so well, I think, yeah, she also, she, yeah, if yeah. she goes after Trump a lot, too. So. That, that's a good point. And so I think Roosevelt wants to go after Trump, too. I got a couple minutes here. Roosevelt, what's on your mind? <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Teddy and Paul. Hey, wait a minute. That rhymed. <laughs> Alliteration, yes. Um, I wanted to uh, second, uh, give, him a, give the gentleman a second vote, the one that said that, Mock these guys, you know. Yeah. And you know, in my opinion, the guy that does the best job is Stephen Colbert, especially the woman that she has that imitates uh, uh, Melania. You ever check her out? She is perfect. Did you guys ever see her? Who? The woman that imitates Melania. Melania. On Sarah Live? Or, yeah, no. On no, Stephen Colbert. Oh, I don't watch any of the late night shows. I, yeah, I don't No, watch. I didn't no. see it. Well, all you guys just go to YouTube and just pull up okay. Stephen Colbert. You'll, you'll get it. Excellent. Thank um, you. I gotta, I gotta run. I've got to turn the station over. Yeah, that's okay. go ahead. yeah thank you. Yeah, you're right, right though. Mockery is definitely the, the road to go. Thank you so much, yeah. Roosevelt. Have a great night, uh, Paul. Where can folks find out more about your shows? Uh, PaulFComedy.com is my website, or my Instagram at Paul Farvar. Paul F A R should pop up. Excellent. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Be happy, healthy, and safe. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll see if we can get a guest on and talk about this new legislation in Illinois when it comes to gun gun control. Governor Pritzker is going to be signing that into law this evening at 8 p.m. So I'm sure there's some place we can watch that. ILGA.gov might be a good place to go. Have a great night. Bye, Lady B. Thank you for everything. Devil's Cruits up. Devil, Devil's Cruits? Mike Cruits next with Devil's Advocates. More after this.